welcome to everyone, Gary Fike. Thank you very much. I just want to say it's an honour and a privilege to stand shoulder to shoulder with every single one of you. It takes courage to stand up at the best of times, and it really takes courage to stand up now, so thank you for doing that. It takes courage here because we know exactly how we're going to be portrayed by the mainstream media as far-right lunatics and conspiracy theorists, nutcases, grandma killers, whatever they think of, fascists. Is there a flag out there somewhere or something? The mainstream media is never, ever, ever going to be on our side because they are owned and controlled by the very people we're fighting against. We're never going to get their acceptance and we should stop seeking it because we're well beyond that now. We're in a psychological war and we are the front line. All those people that are home getting their entire narrative from the BBC are never going to come and fight for us. But that doesn't mean that we don't fight for them. I've got nothing but love for every single one of you, for every single police officer, for every single counter-protester, for every single person sat at home watching us and shaking their head. Because hate and division is what's got us in this mess and love and unity is what's going to get us out of it. The psychological war is dangling the carrot in front of us. If you do this, you can get your life back. If you do X, Y and Z, you can get your life back. Newsflash. Governments do not take away freedoms and impose draconian impositions just to reverse it. In the same way a robber doesn't turn up the following morning going, oh mate, sorry, here's your Xbox. It's not going to happen. But we take it back and taking it back is a lot easier than people think. It's simply by non-compliance. We are the 99.99% and when we stand together it's over. It's just a three-week lockdown to flatten the curve. And when the curve was flatter than Building 7, it was extended and expanded because it was never about health, it was about control. The once great NHS was destroyed and rebranded as the COVID Health Service. Nothing more than a propaganda arm of government. And while hospitals sat empty, cancer went undiagnosed, heart disease untreated, suicide spiked 200%, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, domestic violence, all through the roof. 25% of young Americans have said they contemplated taking their own life in the last six months. 25%. And while all this was happening, we were told we could come out of our cages at 8pm on a Thursday to applaud this destruction even while we lost our jobs and our livelihoods and our abilities to feed our families because it was never about health, it was about control. Get tested, get tested and you can have your life back. A test that doesn't even test for COVID-19, a test whose inventor Carrie Muller said should not be used to test for infectious diseases, but it is. And when they get their false positives that they desire, they use those tests to shut down your towns, shut down your cities and take away your livelihoods. And with the 45 times amplification that the NHS are currently using on the PCR test, I'm surprised they've not found Lord Lucan and Shergar in someone's DNA. Wear a mask and you can have your life back. A mask that does nothing to stop the spread of viral particles, but everything, everything to disrupt our intake of oxygen. Because like I say, it's not about health, it's about control. Politicians took the knee to protest the murder of George Floyd, a guy who was murdered saying he couldn't breathe while mandating it for an entire population to wear muzzles so we can't breathe. Because it's not about health, it's about control. 
Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine and you can have your life back. A vaccine with two potential scenarios attached. Either it's an experimental vaccine that's been knocked up in 20 minutes by some lad in a car park behind bargain booze that's had no long-term testing, when even those vaccines that cause great damage and lead to billions in vaccine damage payouts take years and years and years and years to develop. Sorry, mate. I had my thumb on the mic. That's a symptom. Average amount of time it takes to develop a vaccine, 15, 20 years. Coronavirus vaccines in history, none. But this one will be mandated. Either that or it's scenario two. What is in this vaccine was ready all along. And COVID-19 is purely the Trojan horse to get it into every man, woman and child on the planet. Whichever one it is, the answer is exactly the same. Not a chance, mate. Now, I understand all these things that I'm going on about are dead depressing. And I get that. Like, in the morning, sometimes I'll get up and I'm like, I can't be dealing with this today. But the answer is dead, dead simple. It is simply in saying no. I don't comply. I will not lock down. I will not wear a mask. I will not get tested. I will not get vaccinated. I will not accept the Orwellian new speak new normal. I will see my friends. I will hug my family. I will shake your hand. I will put my arm around you if you need comfort because I'm a human and I'm going to act like a human. There's nothing normal about kids being put in boxes in the playground away from their friends. There's nothing normal about over 60s in care homes having do not resuscitate orders put on them without theirs or their family's consent, having their treatment withdrawn so they can die alone and have COVID-19 put on their death certificate when there's no evidence for it. There's nothing social about being distant. There's nothing normal about kids dying alone in hospital beds because their mums and dads are not allowed to be there with them. There's nothing normal about that and I will not accept it. We are the 99.99%. We decide our futures, not them. And when we stand together in non-compliance, this whole game is over. It's over in 20 minutes. Centuries from now, people will talk about this time in history. Not because we were stripped of our humanity, but because we stripped away the veneer of authority and we took our humanity back. We are free, sovereign human beings and it's time to start acting like it. I'll just leave you with this from Her Majesty's Government. Notice it's Her Majesty's Government. It ain't yours and it ain't mine. We're locking you down. It's only three weeks. Sign up to Netflix. Put up your feet. We'll pay your wages. Just keep your eyes shut. Keep your head down. No family meetups. Flick on the TV and bathe in the fear. Because if you turn that propaganda off, this pandemic disappears. Control the virus. Please stay alert. But not to the facts, because facts can cause hurt. It says here you've been sharing some uncomfortable facts on Facebook, sir. 8pm Thursday, come to your door. Bid farewell to your freedoms with a round of applause. And while hospitals sit empty, it's tumbleweed round the clock. The only thing going viral here is going viral on TikTok. Do not resuscitate, do not resuscitate. These orders come from on high. Because the best way to protect the elderly is by allowing them to die. He can't breathe, he can't breathe, we all take the knee. Not you, cover your face and here's a bag full of muzzles for the kiddies. What do you mean you're exempt? Do as you're told. Ah, uh, you thought this was about health. Nah mate, this is about control. So give us your arm and give us your vein. Because there's no human rights when you belong to the state. 
We've sold your body and we've sold you lies. Sold to the highest bidder, Bill Gates and his husband, I mean wife. Is this some kind of resistance, London? Is this some kind of resistance, London? Yeah, that's right. The people have risen. We reject this control. We reject this division. We are the ocean. We have the power. We are everything to which they aspire. I am you. I love you. And you, you are me. We are the 99%. We are humanity. And centuries from now, they will speak of this time. Not because we rolled over, but because we drew the line. The sleeping lion is stirring. It's starting to wake. And when that lion roars, checkmate. Love you. We're privileged to have Gareth Ike with us this morning, who is a singer, songwriter, personal trainer, former soccer player from Derby, UK, England. And I uh, recently did a great show with our friend Celeste Solom, and they talked about a lot of interesting things. And both Doug and I have a very strong focus in music, and I always thought that. Um, because of some things I may have mentioned to you guys before, that music and, and the frequency behind it, that music represents, automobile music is just a small part of the bigger world of frequency, that that has a much greater likelihood to be instrumental in healing the world and the world situation and all of us in it than mere debate and intellectual discussion. Because... Frequency can bypass, and music is included in this, can bypass intellectual defenses. And I think it has, is going to be a part of our being able to reach people that have malevolent intent. And you might have noticed there's some of those in charge of what's going on in the world right now. So anybody that's really aware of the importance of the combination of the world situation and the potential of, that music represents is like a, a key person in the potential of turning this around. But we'll talk about wherever this goes and hope that you'll all enjoy it with us. Welcome, Gareth. Thanks for being here. Appreciate Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you? I think I'm doing fine. It's early over here, 7 o'clock. Oh, wow. In the morning. Um, oh, you look, you look good for 7 in the morning. I'd be all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my mask and costume on so nobody can see. But actually, I don't. I, I'm one of the things I'm really involved in is experimental research for health things in nature, um, cures and healing and age reversal and stuff like that. So I make a point not not to do you know makeup and hair color and all that stuff because I've got to see as I fall apart you know physically. I have to see what has to be fixed and what works to help that. It gets interesting that way. May, I can imagine. May, may not look as good, but. It's more realistic. Oh so. no, you 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 you're pulling it off at seven a.m. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a morning person at all. Yeah, I understand, but that helps when you have to stay up late for a concert, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the old days when I used to be able to do that, you know, it's a it's that a crazy world old, at the minute. It's funny with the old days when you get to a certain point and you and you remember, it's like you might not remember what you said five minutes ago, but I remember going to concerts in the '60s and. Um, when I was in high school driving for the first time at the Fillmore Auditorium in San Francisco. And I don't know if you're familiar with that place at all. But I'm not. No, I'm not. No. 
Bill Graham used to hold concerts there of people we think of the old classic famous rock bands and things like that. And it was packed shoulder to shoulder with thousands of people in there. Everybody was fine. And as a 16-year-old would walk home two in the morning to the car out on the streets in the big city and nobody got mugged or, you know, there was no real dangerous stuff going on. Yeah, no. it, it seems like a much nicer time. But then, no. well, then I think I think back to when I was a kid, which you know, in the greater scheme of things, isn't really that long ago. I suppose I'm you know 38 now. But yeah, um, where I grew up on the Isle of Wight, like people left their doors open, people left the keys in the car, like just, all the time. Just but, that recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't do that now. Like no chance. Oh, um, it is. Happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something has happened, and it's um, it's it's universal as well. You know, it's not like you can pick like one government's to blame because it's in this pocket here or or whatever. It's kind of that that stuff's everywhere. You uh-huh. know, yeah, a little bit different style in different parts of the world, but the same general trend toward degeneration. And I, I know that there are fantastic, great people all over the world i mean that's why we have you on but but i'm talking about in general the theme seems to be to degeneration of consciousness behind everything else that's going on that yeah we, we need to reverse that oh absolutely i think a lot of it is is just geared towards ego so everything is about you and and only you um and so i think that's where you know we've lost quite a lot of of empathy and stuff that that people had um, you know, we're, we're almost taught now. It's like you know, every every man for himself is sort of the attitude that people have in life now. And it is, you but, know. but you know, it's not necessarily just about you. It's about a constricted version of you, like you're separate from everybody, because you oh, can yeah. be totally focused on you, and it's the opposite because you realize that you're in everybody, and we're all like intimately connected. Yeah, but it's the focus. It's, it's the focus on the superficial you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and that kind of thing came in, I think, a lot with. I mean, it's obviously already been, always been there, but with the sort of you know, the the well, social media hugely, but also the reality TV, you know, the X factors and the pop idols, American idols, and these kind of things. Uh, you know, promoting yourself as an idol. I mean, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never wanted to be an idol, and I find that quite a strange concept really yeah well anybody that you meet who's an idol actually behind the curtain is not a total idol anyway we're all working on the same issues right well exactly that's the thing that's it yeah and also another thing with those shows i actually had this conversation with a friend yesterday it's like there's also the focus on the negative as being something good so when you go on an X Factor show, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing that, you know, your parents died of cancer. And so you have a sob story uh, as opposed to just saying, no, I've had a great I've life. Seen and, that. You know, it's weird. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. It's kind of like, even when I was a kid, it was almost like you had an attitude. Well, I didn't, but the people would be like, you know, my, my dad's got a bigger car than yours and this and that. Oh, and this and that. Oh. Whereas now it's like my dad's in a wheelchair and it's like, all right, let's find, like, we're sort of trying to play top trumps, but on negative stuff. So it's um, a victim, which seems victim, victim status. Yeah, and it's almost trying to make people be a victim. And you see that a lot with, like, this equality stuff. So it was, there was the Sainsbury's, which is a big supermarket here, just brought in 
safe spaces for non-white workers so they can get away from wow. white people and feel safe and it's like wow. I, i'm gonna put all the money i've got which was he granted isn't a lot but i'm gonna put every penny of it on the fact that whoever came up with that was a white person yeah oh yeah you know and it's like that, every, there's a strange mental disorder going on yeah it's bizarre it's like let's create victims and like i, I don't you know of, of the people of the non-white people i know not one of them's a victim not a single one of them and and they'd be annoyed at the idea of being a victim so it, it is strange yeah but if you focus on being a victim long enough you can make it a self-fulfilling prophecy oh oh absolutely maybe that's the idea i think it is and and right now the the focus on you know the people in control of the major media and things like that they don't want unity they want everybody suspicious of each other and uh, it's the same fear theme that's been used by authorities for thousands of years because it's so effective oh exactly right. exactly and this virus stuff is just taking it out to another level like i think we had a, a brief conversation about it before and i, I might have mentioned it where yeah. there was a there was a guy walking down the pavement towards me and he was holding his kid and he stepped out into the road uh-huh. i remember yeah rather than walk past me and yeah, it's because, like, I mean, I mean, if you only get run over by a car, that's not so bad. But getting around the virus, that, well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, get it right. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? But that's but that's what that's what's happened in his head. Like he didn't even think I'm going to step out into traffic because I'm not. He that was just a subconscious thing, yeah. and because that's how he's conditioned. It's very strange. And I, I just looked at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you needed to remind him, look, if you might get run over by a car, but remember, there could be a virus on the car. Oh, God, imagine that. Was, imagine if he avoided me, and then he got hit by a car, and the car gave With him the virus. With a virus. Yeah. Wow, I mean, double whammy. Exactly. <laughs> so, but people are actually falling for this stuff in hundreds of millions or billions all over the world. And... I don't think, I mean, in one way, we're seeing unity that we've never seen before. The same insanity is worldwide. But um, it's not a good way to have unity. No. Like no. everybody jumping into the pit together. Yeah. yeah oh, there's, there's no borders with the insanity. There's none. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Although in England, it's starting a little bit now to... The government's got so crazy and they've let out a lot more. So, you know, it was like a three-week lockdown to flatten the curve and then it was extended yeah. and extended and all this sort of stuff. So they were always kind of extending a little bit in the future. So it was like, oh, a couple of weeks, three weeks, another month. So people kind of who are incredibly naive, obviously, have kind of gone, oh, okay, well, I'll wear a mask for a bit, then I'll go along and then I'll get my life back. And yeah, yeah. The, gov the government started to let things out of the bag now. So yesterday, he tried to, he tried to put the, the cat back in the bag um, and he, he failed miserably. But the Chancellor um, said that those in the arts, so musicians and, you know, mm -hmm. artists and performers and, and, and whatever, yeah. um, should probably look at, pursuing other career avenues because yeah maybe are, contact tracer is a big career opportunity yeah. yeah oh big time yeah it's good money too from what i see but yeah but but yeah he was basically saying that these arts as we know and love them aren't coming back so all of a sudden that's like well hang on no that's not two three weeks that's your tech like you know so people are starting to sort of switch on a little bit to it okay that's a good sign i mean here it, in the u.s where i'm sitting it's 15 days 
and then we're going to be back to total normal. Except that was like in, in March. <laughs> yeah. They didn't yeah. say which 15 days. I guess we're not at the beginning of it yet. No, no, no. It's just, it's just a 15 days yeah. at, some, at some point. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Australians, they've been told that there's no long-distance travel till 2022. And long-distance means out of your town, I think. Well, probably, yeah. Within five kilometers, isn't it, in, in Australia? Yeah. It's considered in fact, there was just a big yeah. story yesterday of a lady that got arrested. I think she was at a beach. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, she was, what, uh, half a mile too far from her house or something. How did they know that? Are they tracking her electronically? Wouldn't surprise me, but she was pregnant as well. And they're, yeah, um, yeah. they're, just, re- they're just wrestling her. I mean, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just following orders isn't going to cut it at the end of this. And there's a lot of them doing that. I, I think they're hiring people with that psychology. Well, they've been doing that for a long time, actually. It's weird. Like, so on the Isle of Wight, I mean, I, I must be talking 20 years ago now, um, we used to have a traffic warden who was just a really nice guy. Yeah. And he'd be like, he'd like, if he knew whose car it was, he'd knock on the door and be like, can you, you know, oh, so, sorry, mate, a bit over time, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and he was, he retired and was replaced um, by a proper little Hitler. And so um, uh, someone within the organization had just left themselves. And they said, they sent a message to my dad saying that this is what's coming in, that basically they've changed, they're changing the name from traffic wardens to, or was it civil enforcement officers or something like exactly, that? So exactly. They, they were they were putting the changes in place, you know, years and years ago. And and so, you know, if you've got a little bit about you and a little bit of humility and, and empathy and, and you're generally a nice person, you're not going to apply for a job like that. Right. You need to get re-educated if you're in that mentality. Yeah, right? Yes, exactly. So, the, you know, all of a sudden, these people that are probably a bit sort of narcissistic, but have never really had any control in their life, probably got bullied at school, have now got a uniform that gives them a bit of perceived power. Now they're going to get back at everybody. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, there was, there was some footage here. I don't know if you saw it, actually, where there was a, a socially distanced funeral, which is, which is extraordinary anyway. Wow. But, but it must have needed a big area to hold it. Well, exactly, and but the fa- that it was a father who was, you know, in the, in the coffin, and as they brought the coffin out, the mother breaks down. So his, the two sons move the chairs closer to the mother to comfort her, and someone comes from out the back with a mask on and goes, "Oi," and then says, "I've told you," and moves them apart. So that and, was being watched by officials then. Yeah, and and the bit that annoyed me more than the official wow, wow. was the fact that both sons moved and moved back. Now, if that had been me, no chance. You know, I'm going to comfort my mum, you know, and that's Yeah, what. exactly. And what and would then, the official have done? He couldn't have I done guess the official it. would have to radio for reinforcements, right? Well, yeah, they, well, they had a, um, a wake in England somewhere. I think it was up north, I think. And um, someone phoned the police that there was a wake and there was too many people and there weren't social distancing. So the police mm-hmm. came up and, and, and split up a wake for someone's funeral. It's like, yeah. yeah, there's no I, humanity left. They think they've got it all arranged so that they'll succeed at this. I know that in in the U.S. and probably where you are too, one of the big backup reinforcements they have is not just more police on horsemen, but uh, in the media and social media, making sure everybody understands what to think. And oh yeah, and how afraid. In fact, they're really upset right now. The, the entire media in concert in our country is upset that. 
um, the president said, don't let the virus dominate your life. And I don't, I try not to watch. I, I mean, I haven't had a television for decades, but I see clips uh, about the, what the mainstream new, mainstream news is doing on the computer. And they were saying, this is outrageous not to let it dominate your life. Everyone should be scared all the time. And they literally said this on the newscast. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're questioning being scared, you're just, you're a child killer, basically. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, or a granny killer or whatever they say, you know. But you should be scared. You should be at home and you should have the media on 24-7, just rolling. Yeah, exactly. And the preparation, as you said, has been building up for this over decades, right? If not more, actually much more. Oh, absolutely, it has. Yeah, it's been it's been a long a long plan, um, on lots of different levels. Even down to say, like the NHS here, completely defunding it and and destroying it to within an inch of its life. So so that when this happens, you can all of a sudden say, you know, it's killing the NHS. We need to save the NHS. You need to stay in your house. That's how they sold right. it here. And what was that thing going on for? I guess months, where everybody was supposed to lean out their window and clap for the NHS. Yeah, at 8 p.m. on a Thursday, because clapping cures the virus. Right. Um, it was funny, though, because I didn't even know what was happening. And um, so we heard some clapping. So I sort of like I walked outside. What was going on? There was people outside their houses. And um, and my daughter, who's only two, uh, who wasn't even two at the time, just sort of looked at everyone beaming like that, like thinking they were clapping for her, which really made me laugh. Because um, that was the one and only time that I came out of the house. I'm like, I can't be bothered with that. Right, right. Um, so they just announced that musicians and other artists should really consider moving up to another career, whether it's contact tracing or maybe running for office or something, if they can yeah. get educated. Yeah, yeah. Retrain, that was the term they use. They should retrain and, you know, pursue other career pathways. Um, so, so before this happened to music and art, Music was also changing in character a lot of it. Certainly the mainstream music that was played on the radio. I don't know if that's happening in your country, but here um, music used to be a lot more uplifting. The, the depth of the quality of it used to be in general, I think, more, I mean, there was more to it. The, the vocabulary shrinking in, in general, there are exceptions, but it's like when some of our government agencies that work tirelessly to help us day and night, just selflessly came up with this theme of um, gangster rap, you know, to try to bring the communities in the cities into crime gangs and things like that. That was a program and it was actually taken up by Hollywood and they would promote uh, musicians who were into that, you know, that message of everybody against each other and, major crime heroes and things like that. Have you noticed the same thing in your country or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the rappers that work that out uh, seem to get shot, didn't they? I noticed that quite a bit. Yeah, it was a major yeah. coincidence, right. Yeah, but no, it's the it's same here. I, 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 for me, it's kind of become more like fast food. So even, like I say, olden days, like not even that long ago, but you would have a band uh, or an artist and you'd go on a journey with them and they would release their first album and then the second and the third and the fourth and their fifth. And oh my it God, that great. fifth album, oh my God, like how much they changed, like you've gone on this journey with this person. Yeah. And now it's one album, bang, fast food, fries, hamburger hits, never hear from them again. 
Yeah. Um, I th- you don't have that band that you go on a journey with and yeah, they don't exist. That was anymore. amazing. And they would show up all over the world. And, um, yeah. So I think, I, I wonder if like MP3s and stuff have done that. So for me, like I remember queuing up outside, um, Woolworths as it was, they, they've gone bankrupt now, but outside Woolworths when an album I was waiting for was on release day, you wait yeah, for them to open yeah. and you go in and I remember the color and the shape by the Foo Fighters that was released on the day that Diana's had her funeral, princess Diana. And I remember sort of stood in Dixon's window, watching Diana's funeral on the telly, waiting for Woolworths to open. Wow. Um, okay. And, um, because all the shops opened late, obviously because of the funeral and going in, buying this album, cycling home, laying on the bed, putting it on, and holding the, the, you know, the lyrics and you read the lyrics as the songs will go and stuff. And you don't have any of that anymore. You, you know, you download it for 79p per track. There's no lyrics written there. There's no artwork. There's nothing to look at. You'd read the thank yous. I'd always do that. You know, who they thanking, you know, you just lost that whole interaction you had yeah. with, with an artist. It's gone now. Yeah. It's been a long downward evolution in general. When I was, First, I, I played in bands early on in, in the university and things like that. And when we, before that, even in junior high and high school, I was doing the same thing. And we would go to get records at that time. It was vinyl, you know, albums like that big. And you would go into the record store. They had these things called record stores with lots of records inside them. And they had record players, you know, with an arm and a needle that would go on the record and you could just go and take a sample record out and listen to it spend a few hours there if you wanted to and put the record yeah. back it was yeah. really amazing that was before the huge high-tech advance into cassette tapes and things like that i, I remember we had a shop on the other called happy days um and that was like that that was the same and then hmv I don't know if you have HMV in, in North America, but HMV, it stands for His Master's Voice, but it's, it's a, I think they've gone under now, but they were oh. a, mass, a massive, like... Did that used to be RCA Records or something? I'm not sure, but it, it was basically a massive supermarket for music, basically. So, it, oh. you know, it was the, it was the, yeah, it was the Tesco's equipment, right. like, you know, up against the, the local, you know, grocery store sort of thing. Yeah. And um, they destroyed Happy Days. So when they came into town, Happy Days closed down and stuff. But I used to, it was the same. You'd go there and you'd listen to to records. You had these little, little listening booths. You'd go in and listen to a few tracks of uh-huh. whatever before you bought it and stuff. It was, it was almost like a day out. You, you and a few mates would go listen to records. And you, there's none that, none like that anymore. I think music has been seen uh, by the powers in charge as both a, th- a potential threat to what they plan to do with the world and a potential tool that if you could make it degenerate, it could keep the mindset of the public in this really dark, fearful, angry, victimhood, you know, type of mentality that would be receptive to the takeover of society right 100 percent. and and people would come back to that and go well well you would need all the record labels to be in on it you would need this you need that well not really because there's three record labels that rule the entirety and so, they're probably all interconnected boards of directors like all the major corporations are and things like well, that well, exactly. And that's another thing that started happening, actually, when I was slightly younger, was that labels, the big labels, they stopped signing bands. And so if, if you were signed to a little indie label, 
um, which was kind of independent and they sort of let you do your thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the big record label would come along and they'd negotiate with you, you know, and you'd have to have all this hoo-ha about contracts. Yeah. Then, what they started, then what they started doing was just buying the label. So they'd come in, they'd swoop, they'd take the indie label and therefore take all the stable of artists with it. So hmm. they just control everything then. And um, like I say, it's basically three, three record labels pretty much. And like I say, their boards of directors are probably all the same people anyway. Yeah, exactly. And at the higher levels, which kind of reflects what's going on worldwide anyway, it's not about money. Uh, I I dug all the way to those levels over many years, and what what I ended up finding is at the higher levels, they use money to motivate the people that serve them, which works really well. But at the top, they already control the money. It's satanic. And oh yeah, yeah. We've yeah. had people in in our country report they wouldn't do it, but they were called to Hollywood to get into this wonderful position and become famous. This is before the advance to being locked down in your house. When people used to actually, you know, they did this thing called traveling around and they would go to different cities and things. And the ones would go to Hollywood to sign up for something. They say, oh, yeah, by the way, um, sit down. We have to worship Satan or, you know, and that's just part of where we're going with this whole project. Don't worry, you'll have millions of dollars and everybody will love you. And a lot of them went along with it. Some of the really famous artists have given accounts of how that happened. And they were getting older and kind of worried about the ultimate, you know, results of all that. But they said that's how they just suddenly became successful. And the ones that said, no, I don't think I'll do that. You know, a lot of people don't believe it, but that really is what's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think people get half the story. So it's the same like where you say like people think it's about money. To a certain level, there will be a little bit of that. And then obviously you've got that upper level. It's the same like with the wars in the Middle East because it's about oil. Yeah that's a percentage of it right you know it's a bit bigger than that right yeah yeah Yeah. and the people at the middle levels like the big military officials and uh you know ambassador types at their higher corrupt levels they are trying to get rich and powerful but they have bosses they would just laugh at that know that it's a tool oh yeah exactly the smoking guy smoking guy from the x-files yeah do you remember so, that guy? He was always in the shadows. Right, exactly. And and I believe, you know, I'm one of these crazy people that believes at the top level because of what I've run into that it's not human. And no, there, come, there, there's no humanity there at all. Right, but I mean, it's not even literal human beings. Um, there's some other individuals that that are different. So all we have to do, though, is just reverse all that. So that's like in in England a while back, did, you know, when everybody got the newspaper in their driveway in the morning, did they have chess puzzles where you, you had this little three by three inch board with black and white squares on it that nobody considered racist. It was just black and white squares and you have chess pieces on it and there's a situation on the board. The game is partly over and it says three moves to win the game. What are the three moves? Did you ever see that? I don't remember that, no, but it sounds cool. Like the crossword puzzles, it used to be really popular. And people would sit at the table when everybody wasn't racing around to keep up with their email because nobody imagined what that would be. And they had time in the morning with their family to do the crossword puzzle or whatever. you know. And so we have a chess puzzle. 
here are the pieces in the world, in this situation. Here's everybody getting locked down. Here's the people in charge. Here's the people falling for the idea that they're all victims and that it's the other class or the other race or the other gender or whatever that, that is keeping them as victims. And all we have to do is bring that back to total consciousness and unity again. And we have three moves to do it. So what are they? What are those three moves? Do you know what your three moves are? Really? You, have, you, have you got three moves? Do I? Do, it, do and, you? And, yeah. and I'm not saying it has to be three. It, it's just that was what the chess puzzles usually did. Um, okay, what I've come to so far in general is that if you try to do it exclusively by changing other people, it doesn't work. Because there's a defensive mechanism in everybody to keep in their normalcy bias, you know, what, what they're used to being real life and the solid real world around us and the way you behave and the people that you look down on and the people that you idolize and all that is just understood. And if you're asking them to become really more conscious in a different way that changes the whole world situation, they, there's a natural tendency to resist. And I, so I was thinking, all right, what's the answer to that? Because debating things endlessly while the plans are carried out to destroy humanity complete, that might not be a very good plan. No. But what I saw as a potential difference is if we work on ourselves as the first priority, then there's what's called, uh, and this is getting a little bit out there for most people, but it's what I ran into, and that's that, you know, Tesla talked about something called resonance, and other people have too, and it, it even has a music application. If you've got a guitar, like saying, and, and none of the strings are moving, it's just quiet, and then you start one of the strings vibrating at like a clear G tone, um, and if you just wait, the other strings will gradually start subtly vibrating, either at G or at a harmonic of G. And it's because of that first string. And that's called resonance. And human beings, music is actually an audible reflection of frequency that the strings are, are moving at and the air around them is moving. We know cell towers and negative things for health have frequencies too that hurt you but humans put out frequency as well even when they're not talking or singing and that is usually scattered because they reflect your thoughts and your emotional state and where your attention is all around you and when that comes into a coherent state like the guitar starting to play g it gets powerful I hope this doesn't sound totally ridiculous, but no, it, um, it sounds like be the change you want to see. Basically, it's it is. But, so yeah. the only little question about that is how? What do you? What do you do? Do you start a movement, or do you invite everybody to come to a meeting? I mean, those things could be critically important. But what I'm saying gives them power and changes their ultimate outcome in the world is the frequency behind them, even though it looks like the same thing. Because I've seen speeches given on wonderful topics. And, I mean, it can be anything, organic gardening, that nobody could ever disagree with. I mean, unless they're selling pesticides or something, I guess they disagree. But something 
widely appealing. And the speech is over and the people start fighting, even about organic gardening. And what was it? It was the frequency that came out from the presentation. And if it, if it reaches people beneath the level of their conscious defense systems and it affects how they feel in resonance. So what I'm not very well trying to describe is if we go into ourselves and work on that frequency and because it's playing music all the time, it's just not audible and make that into the message that you want. And then you go out and do something physical or even on a Zoom meeting or whatever you're able to do, the effect is going to be completely different. And I see that that has unlimited power and it's not visible on the surface. And I think that's the weak, that's the only weak spot that I've seen in the plans of the ones who are trying to control us now. And in that, I think it's important to have something that we do in response to that because the plan isn't just control, it's extermination. You know, where I carried it to, it's not just population reduction, it's elimination of life. I, I ended up seeing it as a ceremonial sacrifice. And it's by the the principle of sacrifice, the doctrine of sacrifice that's in many scriptures, and it says you kill an innocent being and you do it in exactly the right way, step by step, the right milestones, the right notices to the public and all that. You do it just right and God is really happy with you. And when the innocent being dies, you get spiritual benefit. I mean, yeah, I know, it's completely mentally deranged, but people do believe in that widely. And at the top levels, this is, I think, what they're doing. And I checked that over decades, and all the sub-agendas, the chemical poison food industry, the geoengineering, poison being sprayed on everybody, the fluoride in the water, the fake education that makes you unable to think, the program media, all of these war agendas and everything, they fit with this ceremonial sacrifice because they have the technology they could kill us all right away overnight. And they're not doing that. They're doing it methodically. And they're undermining the support systems for life on the planet. And if you plan to stay alive while everybody else dies, you don't do that. You need to leave nature intact or you're going to have a bad time. And they're not leaving it intact. They're exterminating species. And I think that's where it's going. And they're confident because they think, you know, humans are falling for this all over the place. They're all afraid of each other. And uh, they think that it matters what color your skin is, which racism is just so idiotic. I mean, nobody even partially awake would ever fall for it against people of any color, of brown, black, white. I mean, I've never seen a really black or white person. There are usually shades of different colors, but they make everybody into these discrete groups and hate each other, and they've got the technology to spy on everybody, make sure that nobody starts waking up. And so they're confident, but this resonant frequency can penetrate that. And I think in the three moves on the chess game, it's going to be, can we start generating that which means in yourself in a coherent enough strong enough fashion between a group of people that may not be any kind of majority but you know who said it margaret mead or somebody that a committed minority was the way that changes always succeeded in the world 
And I think this one doesn't need that many people, but it needs to be started before now and, you know, taken to as far as we can take it. And and what I think the interesting thing about it is, and I'll shut up because I don't want to dominate this conversation, but um, the thing is that it doesn't focus on destroying the bad guys, which is sinking to the same level of animosity that they're trying to make us believe in it actually can rescue them from their own programming and they can become our allies and it has a potential for that that most things can't reach so i'd be interested in what you think about that whether it sounds completely crazy or no not at all it doesn't sound doesn't sound crazy at all it's like being a good example isn't it you know within yourself and i must admit like i've i've personally a bit through through this lockdown stuff and all this time you know it is a really horrible time and i actually had it this morning where i actually just i actually started getting angry and i was like but that but that's not that's not where i want to be i don't want to be angry um because that's negative and that's you know that's not going to help anyone and certainly not myself um so it is difficult for people to try and stay in in that you know it is and one of the big mistakes is if you try to suppress that because that cements it in place. It just makes it unconscious. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a big yell. That's quite good, I find. Yeah, something like that. Instead of saying, I don't feel like this, you know. It, it's yeah. not true. Remember, um, did you see the very first Star Wars movie with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker? And uh, they were fighting the Death Star. And the Death Star was moving into position to start blowing up planets and stuff. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember it because uh, I watched the original ones. I've not watched the remakes. That was the original one. That was so, the first original one. But that was so long ago. I'm, it I'm was a while back. Yeah. But, but the this, this scene, the reason I bring it up, there's, there was a scene where Luke, the Emperor is this major bad guy, you know, like some of the people I could actually mention in the world right now, but we want this to be broadcast. So um, Luke was coming in. He had been summoned because his father had become Darth Vader, and Darth Vader is in this black plastic helmet, and, and he has this loud breathing in and out, and he's mostly a cyborg, you know, having lost most of his natural body. And he's helping to enslave the galaxy, and Luke comes in, and the Emperor, who's this personification of evil, says to Luke, here's your big chance. Fight with your father. Kill your father. You can do it. Uh, save the galaxy and luke has some wisdom and he says if i do that i become your apprentice and just take his place i'm not going to do that and he throws down his lightsaber and he says if you are going to kill me you just have to do it and so the emperor starts killing him because he's not being a good uh you know apprentice to become the next darth vader and it wakes darth vader up and he gets rid of the emperor because of it. So Luke's refusal to fall into a negative energy is what ends up saving the galaxy. I don't know if they intended it that way, but there's a lot of great symbolism that may be part of a clue of the three moves. Yeah, there's there's a lot of symbolism in, in a lot of things like that, I think. I don't know if it's because these people are sort of in a circle, some of them maybe, um, or they're just kind of they've done more research on stuff like that. Like I'm actually rewatching all the Harry Potters and there's okay. so much, there's so much symbolism in them. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It is. And 
you know, people sometimes just throw out the whole movie and they say, this is, this is bad because, I don't know, it's just bad because it doesn't fit into the, the uh, form of, of what the story should be and everything. And a lot of people look at the magic in Harry Potter and say, well, that's evil because, because magic is evil and everything. They, they don't realize that on a deeper level, Everything is incredible magic, not in an evil sense at all, but in the sense that it's beyond our intellectual grasp. And there are things that you can grasp through music and frequency that it's going to be a long time before our intellect catches up to. Yeah. And we don't have you, to wait for that. But you think, actually, just think about it then. So your, obviously your analogy that you've, that you've used and then when you've spoken about... Um, you know, Darth Vader and stuff like that. I'm just thinking to, at the end of Harry Potter, like for him to, for him to kill Voldemort and to basically, you know, free everyone, right. he, he has to have that darkness that's within him killed. So, it, so he, his darkness within him is destroyed, yeah. you know, and it kind of, it can all tie into the same thing of like, we need to get rid of that darkness within ourselves. If at any point we're ever going to convey anything positive to anyone, yeah. um, whether they meant it like that, I don't know, but I'm just, you know, I'm reading You can it like take that. the benefit from that, whether they meant it or not. Of course, yeah, absolutely you can, yeah. And it is, it, you know, it is important to do that. And, you know, my wife says to me, you're dead negative at some times, and I'm trying not to be. And it's hard not to be at times, um, especially at the moment where things are just chaos. But I know. But, but you're right, you know, we, we do need to be that sort of, that, you know, that positive influence and, and, and resonate that. Yeah, and, and I think one of, one of the pitfalls is if we try to kill darkness inside ourselves. Because killing darkness is the same, you know, yeah, you're murdering a bad thing, so I guess it's okay, but it's still this frequency at the level of destruction rather than the much more powerful frequency of replacement with replace dark with light and there's no dark. Trying yeah. to kill, killing darkness requires a darkness of itself. Yeah, I get that. Mm. To turn, yeah, being light within, and to, uh, yeah, I need to be. I'm sort of just getting an education here on what how I need to be, if I'm honest, because I've been um, I've been quite dark over the last sort of few weeks. Yeah, there, there's plenty of justification for it. I mean, everything around it. it people don't want to look at it honestly because it looks really bad right now. I mean. Uh, I've been excommunicated myself from people on both the left and the right because I've been a, a really devoted environmental supporter since the early 60s. And the people on the right, many of them think, well, there's nothing but fraud in environmental concerns. You know, that's all nonsense. Well, the modern version of it, yeah, is complete fraud. And it's being controlled by people that the environmental movement has no idea about. But uh, the real environmental concerns are as real as they've always been. The, your life support system on this incredible planet, killing that is not brilliant <laughs> because we depend on it. And the people on the left think I'm crazy because I'm absolutely devoted to freedom. And the thing that our country was supposed to be an example of, you know, live however you want, believe what you want, say what you want, Free speech, you know, they used to have this thing called free speech. And, um, they yeah, I've heard, I've heard of that. I've heard right. of that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. It's in the legends from a long time ago. 
we're learning now that it was actually a really evil thing and we're being protected from it. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. But the idea was, as long as you don't take away the rights of other people to do the same thing, and that the rights in, of people, no matter where they live, I- even in the most totalitarian country, they have all the same rights, and they don't come from government, they don't need a law passed, they come from God, or if you don't want to say God, they come from nature, they're called natural rights. And uh, nothing can ever take them away. In, in our founding documents in America, they were called unalienable or unalienable because you can't have any emergency, no matter what kind, that can ever take them away. And in our country, history hasn't been taught for a long time in public schools because they can't have people remembering, wait a minute, what about the unalienable rights and the principles of the country you know that didn't they don't belong to america they belong to everybody and um a lot of people think you know in the freedom movement that well you can't take away people's rights because the death rates really aren't as high as they're saying that misses the point it's it's true but it's not the issue at all even if the death rate from a real emergency were 90% or 100%, of course, if it's 100%, you don't have to worry about it too much. But if it was 90%, it doesn't matter. In a free country, which theoretically the whole world should be, you can't take away any of those rights no matter what's happening. You can just say to the people, well, there's a really dangerous uh, plague or something that's killing 90%, and we, we think that this is what you should do to fight it. They can't make you do it if it takes your rights away. And I haven't heard anybody saying that. It's so obvious. But it's there's not, the, the, it's the, not the, the figures. What what has got me a lot is I mean I've I've, I've seen you know, you're talking about like the left and the right. Like I'm not I don't, I'm politically homeless completely. Me I, I I can't stand either side. But yeah, I find I find like I've gone from being called like a, a southern softy because I come from the south of England, a southern softy leftist, oh, okay. like t- 10 years ago, to now like far right. And my, uh-huh. opinion, my opinions haven't changed. They're exactly the same as they always I know. were. Isn't that interesting? But the whole thing shifted so far to the left, it's extraordinary. And, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm watching during this, like people that I used to be friends with and would have conversations with that would consider themselves liberals that are anything but liberals. And they're the ones saying, you know, wear a mask, get the vaccine, do this, do that. And you're like... I know. I saw one guy yesterday saying, you know, well, I think they should be mandatory vaccines. It's like, mate, like you're calling yourself a liberal and what you want to do is rip up the Nuremberg Code. Like that can't be normal. That must, you must realize that. Yeah. It's, I, it, no, they don't realize that. No, it's extraordinary. I have to say, like, you know, it is funny where you've got the far left that are calling everyone a Nazi while wanting to rip up right. codes that were supposed to protect us from the Nazis. You got to laugh, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anybody that's awake is, is a real liberal. Because well, liberal, liberal means you believe in liberty. And I agree. Freedom, right? And compassion and love for everybody and freedom. I mean, freedom to certainly free speech. Yeah, so if you uh, want to shut down people's speech, that's not very liberal, it seems to me. Exactly. I, I'm very much, you do you. You do you, hun, and I'll do me. And, and then, yeah. you know, we'll get on with it. Yeah, and kind of like this old, I think, talking about legends like freedom of speech, they had this idea where you would respect each other. That seems like it would be a good thing to try. 
That, yeah, that that sounds that sounds like a fairy tale, though. If I'm honest, I know. What's, that? What's respect? So we need to bring back fairy tales in real life. I could get I could get on board with a fairy tale. Yeah, why not? What if we could write our own? Well, that's it. Well, we have to. That's that's how. What if we are writing our own? What if we always have been? And we just got off track a little bit. You know, they talk about these. um, What is it like quantum physics idea? Where have you heard of the phrase that the experimenter affects the experiment? It's right. It's it's in this quantum physics idea, and, and the idea is that. Uh, they have an example like there's this computer machine that's generating numbers, supposedly random numbers. And when it's close to random, that means an equal number of even numbers and odd numbers come out on the paper. And they have this person sit next to it and focus, uh, somebody who has good focus, and they think of only even numbers. And the computer starts generating more even numbers. And they're saying that's a clue to a much bigger thing that's happening, that whatever we believe is true, not in our intellectual beliefs that we memorize and say, well, I'm a member of this group and this is what we believe. That It's not about that. It's on a gut level. What you feel is real. What you experience is you are. And that tends to project in like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it, it pulls in not only people to show that it's true, but experiences and we always usually think that experiences just come up at random and then, oh, this bad thing happened for no reason. What bad luck, you know? And this theory is saying, which I think is true, we're generating those experiences. We have no idea the power we have. It's just scattered like our thoughts. And they're self-canceling and they go, well, maybe this will happen, but maybe that'll happen. And we have beliefs that contradict each other, so the power is not evident. But if those became coherent and we used it and we let this natural life current just flow through us, which has harmony as its characteristic, we'd start generating the opposite kind of experiences. Anybody could do it. But that's what I'm talking about, changing inside yourself, not just your physical actions, but getting in touch with that innate harmony that exists whether we are aware of it or not. You know, like tuning into it like a radio set to a frequency and see what happens. And I think we'd write a different fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. I believe in that, you know, creating your own reality. Definitely. I've I've, I've had many situations in my life, you know, where I've done just that, whether it's in in sports or something like completely, well, not irrelevant, but, you know, small fry, um, where you can just kind of be in the zone and you can make a decision kind of you just know there's just like this innate knowing that everything's going to be fine and then sure enough everything's fine and in soccer i would imagine you could picture yourself and feel yourself making a goal yeah yeah, you can just create these things and you know and and also i think like you, you speak about like sort of negative things i think sometimes they're they're not all bad either like for me probably the best thing that ever happened to me really mm-hmm. like on a spiritual level at least was breaking my my leg which sounds weird but yeah I, I broke my tib and fib playing football and my leg was flapping around and it was just pretty horrific and um wow and i had all these surgeries and stuff and i had this time where i was literally you know just lying in bed and going through all the stages of grief you know like you're blaming yourself and then you're blaming the other person that done it and you want to throttle him and then you know all these different things of and i just ended with a kind of 
I'm all right, me. Like, I'm actually an all right person. Yeah, actually. And I kind of then just went on and just did so much more and wow. was just a completely different human being um, because of something that was, at the time, absolutely horrific. And, um, and so, yeah, I think things, things happen for a reason. And I, and I think I created that. I think I made that happen. Right. Right. subconsciously like i needed that to happen um and so once i realized that you know the blame for the guy that done it it just went because it's like well i needed that to happen so i created this was that. a big collision between you and somebody else on the field well he just went through me two-footed completely intentionally trying to hurt me so okay. obviously okay. you know he's just a, not, not a particularly nice person obviously but at the same time um i created that because that's what i needed to happen to me in my yeah. ju- in my journey so um so yeah, I believe absolutely 100% in creating your own reality and 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 sometimes that's not even by something positive, sometimes it can be something negative. Well, like it's that, like that. what you said about um the movie with suspense where it's not oh, yeah. just where it's not just obvious outcome from the beginning and everybody's on the edge of their seat seat and it's this big uh you know, adventure. People like that. And it's satisfying when it gets to the end. So maybe if you zoom out, that's what's happening. Yeah. I think also, I think we need to have experiences of all sorts to become rounded, you know, to be able to empathize with others and have that kind of, you know, to be whole. We need to have experienced the the dark and the light, you know, yin and yang. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, like we spoke about at the start, people are trying to be victims. But at the same time, those people that are trying to be victims are anything but victims. Um, so you have people now, like what people call them snowflakes, but people that need safe spaces for stuff. And it's like, but nothing, right. bad's, nothing bad is happening, for goodness sake. Um, and I almost feel like it's a way of, of, of protecting people from bad things happening because bad things happening is, in the long term, a good thing for them spiritually. You know, so we're creating this, yeah. this cotton wool around people where actually people need bad stuff to happen. You need it. Well, I think maybe it's training to know that you're weak to have to have safe spaces, right? Because, well, yeah. I mean, in America, they've had some of the universities put rooms with crayons and Play-Doh and things for the students that might have heard a slogan that terrified them or something like that. And they could draw with the crayons until they calmed down. Wow. Wow. Like, no could, <laughs> could you could you imagine going to like the Somme or something and just tapping a soldier on the shoulder and going, "I'm from the future. Can I just tell you what, what what's going to happen?" They just, oh, they just drop the guns and go home, and they say, it's not worth it. Forget yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and and you know these out of the box things like music and its potential for healing are really acknowledged as that by the people trying to do bad things because there a lot of musicians that were seen as too effective have been assassinated yeah yeah and also like the fact that you know as we spoke about at the very start of this like they're trying to destroy the arts you know you should you know musicians should pursue other other avenues like what like you said contact tracing then right i'll do that then yeah you know they're trying to stop art they're trying to stop people congregating going to concerts and and feeling one and you know somebody put a a sign on a trail in some in some state in the u.s i don't know where and it's you're allowed to hike if you have a mask and you know you keep sufficient amount of fear and things but if you 
are in that and you're hiking correctly and you see another person coming, it said, look away, no eye contact. We've also been taught that in churches, the most dangerous, heartless thing you can do to spread the virus and kill all your fellow church people is to sing. In fact, it kills people outside the church as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Singing. Recently. Yeah. Well, if you were to sing in church, it would probably take out people in, in, in the International Space Station as well, I imagine. It would probably, I think so. You know I mean, yeah. It just propels the virus into super status. So people are learning not to sing. And, and somebody has suggested that actually breathing is one of the most malicious things as well. That's been known for a while. There was a bumper sticker in the, in the 60s, I think it was in the 60s, in the environmental movement, just getting started, and it said, kill yourself, save the planet. Well, there you go. <laughs> the end. Right. That, that's, that's the message of, of, of a lot of this stuff, like Extinction Rebellion and stuff, though, isn't it? It's that humans are a problem. And, right. You know, I'm, should, I mean, they're using up all the energy, and they're, they're breathing... If they didn't breathe out, they might be acceptable. But every time they breathe out, they're this poisonous carbon dioxide. And science has been, I mean, science is unrecognizable from what it hopefully once used to be. I mean, at some point, because the idea in science is supposed to be whatever's true, no ego attachment. It, it doesn't matter if it contradicts what I believe, I'll change. I just want to know what's true. And now it's a memorizing acceptable information. Yeah. Anybody well, that's what they say. They say here it's all kind of, you know, listen to the science, trust the science. And yeah. you know, I'll, I'll trust the science when science can't be bought. Yeah. Until then, I, right. I'm suspicious. Right. It's really gotten that way. It's like anybody who questions it is anti-science. And yeah. Well, and it has to be quiet. Yeah, well, well, denial is a good one because it evokes Holocaust denial, which is why they use it. Exactly, exactly. And, and what they forgot about free speech, and I think this was established in the Magna Carta too in the UK, is that it's not just free speech for people that you think are correct. It's actually free speech for everybody. And the reason they understood that is because if you start having anybody that decides what's misinformation and shutting it down, then they're the controller of the version of reality that they want to come in. And the people who care about getting into those positions are usually not having the best intentions for everybody else. No. Well, people that seek power generally aren't, you know, to be trusted. That's how I see it anyway. Um, and so I think people that, that that want control over the narrative are never going to be doing it for anyone's benefit, really, apart from right. their but own. That makes a bosses. problem. That makes a problem, doesn't it? Because you need the people with good intent in positions of authority. Yeah, but what what tends to happen is they 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 don't seek it. Right. Um, and so that's why you have lifetime politicians that have never worked a day in their life. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they went to a very posh university and then went straight into a position of, of authority when they've got no life experience. So uh, I don't know what it's like there, but in England, you've got decisions being made in London um, that affect the north of England. And, you know, if you've ever been to the north of England or London, it's not even the same universe, let alone the same country. Yeah. Um, and so these people that have, haven't got a clue make decisions, you know, 
And I think like, if you go back to the, to the old, old days of the tribe, you know, where the tribe elder, you know, the one was with the most experience uh, who, who, you know, uh, knew the score was the one in, in, in charge of the tribe. And that, you know, makes a hell of a lot more sense. You could actually have benevolent leaders in that kind of a situation who weren't there to try to hurt people. I mean, it's an amazing concept now, but I think it's possible. Well, yeah, because they never, they wouldn't even seek it because, you know, you get it by being the elder. Yeah. Um, you know, and so Everybody's I just think saying you have to do it. Yeah. And so you're like, Oh, okay. I'll make all the, I'll make the decisions for the best of, of everyone then. Right. Um, you know, and I, I'm always suspicious of people that want to be in politics. Why, why do you want to be in it? Why? Yeah. Well, Power. And, and people, if there was a person who wanted to be in politics, like there are some groups, like, I don't know if you've heard of freedom force, what G Edward Griffin is doing. And there are other ones like that. Um, saying that instead of complaining, run for office, even if you don't want to. And it's it's not easy because you enter an environment where you're dealing with <clears throat> environments and, and people that you wouldn't prefer to be around. And everybody trying to be subversive and underhanded and, you know, undermine what you're doing all the time. It's It's not a very attractive environment to work in. No, and the people that get you there want, you know, they want return on their investment. Exactly, exactly. Which is the big one. Yeah, that's the big yeah. one. You know, and I, I think, like, I'm trying to remember who said it, but they were saying that if politics was going to be fair, then um, a politician who gets elected or a president that gets elected, instead of wearing a suit, should have to wear, um, you know, like the overalls that they wear in Formula One, where they've got all the sponsors on them. And it's got, oh, all the, right. it's got all the sponsors that got them elected and, and put in all the money and they have to wear that. So everyone knows yeah. who got them there. I think you know, that's a great idea. But once they even, yeah, exactly. And maybe the outcome would be better that way. Well, yeah, because then, you know, they, they make decisions that kind of, you know, well, hang on, that's going to do so much for Exxon Mobil. Oh, hang on. He's got Exxon Mobil on his suit. Ah, you know, but right, right. Exactly. And, that's really how it is and and the people above exxon mobile are telling exxon mobile what to do and it's a whole hierarchy and oh yeah I, but i think what they're trying to suppress is our clue of the remedy because what they want us to you know there are a lot of secrets being kept the truth about real science the truth about health information is violently suppressed we've we've had hundreds of doctors murdered in the u.s alone in the last few years just for talking about a little bit of forbidden health information that was natural uh, that would expose that 98 percent of the so-called health industry is irrelevant and harmful and could be replaced easily um those people are are suppressed and and musicians the really effective ones that could go and in the old days, you know, they used to have concerts with a hundred thousand people listening and what they did at Woodstock or some of the Michael Jackson concerts. There's one in Bucharest. And I think we were talking about where he, he was so in tune with that resonance. I mean, he may not have intellectually known what it was, but the energy manipulation, he would stand up at the beginning of a concert and not move and that concert in particular for like, you know, a couple of minutes and people all over the audience would be just broken, breaking down and fainting and 
they had to have people with stretchers running all over the audience uh, to carry out the unconscious people. And I mean, those are the people that get killed. And so the question is, one of the questions is, what's the fate of music now? And you were start. You were saying in in the UK they're suggesting you get some other career. Yeah, that's what they're suggesting. Um, so at the moment, the state of music is is well. There isn't really. I mean, I'm I'm in a position where when when lockdown started, obviously all concerts were cancelled as they still are. But right. a few of my friends did like online concerts and live streams and stuff. I did a couple because you know I'll try anything twice. But sure. I, I hated it. Hated it and I didn't enjoy it and so I thought I'm not doing this um, so I ended up just writing some new stuff and I'm going to go hopefully up to Scotland next month and um, early next month and, and record but again that depends on they're going to let you go up there well that's the thing she's introducing some new rules tomorrow Thursday tomorrow yeah tomorrow okay. so we'll see, we'll see but obviously <laughs> for me I'm, I don't care I'll, I don't care about lockdown I have no interest in it I'll do what I want but obviously if they close the border then that changes things because you, you just don't yeah. get through. So so right. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that was my plan was just to record. Um, but then what to do with it? Who knows? Like, you know, where, where can anyone gig anymore? Where can anyone do anything anymore? Well, you, I guess the only thing left is you can put it on a file and a, on a site on the computer that can be listened to, right? Yeah, and which is what oh, I'll that. do. Um, you know, and we'll come up with a plan to get back gigging again one way or another, even if it's on the back of a truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking about the secrets that they were keeping about real health information. And what I was leading up to is the biggest secret that I think that they're keeping from everybody is who we are. Because we're carrying each one of us, any, anybody listening to us now or anybody anywhere in the world or anywhere they might be, is connected to a source that doesn't depend on what you believe. It doesn't depend on your philosophy or your religion. or any, It's something that existed long before beliefs about anything. And it's still there or we wouldn't be here. And if we ever get consciously connected to that, you know, memorized beliefs are not a threat to the system. But if you get consciously connected to it and you start feeling it and it empowers, you know, your experience of life... I think this whole thing would be uh, turned around very quickly because one, one of the limitations of the controllers that people sometimes don't realize is that there are all these laws of nature that are operating that we're not supposed to know about that real science would discover. One of them being, if you have malice for anybody, if you hate anybody, if you look down on anybody, whether it's because you've taken up this really stupid idea of racism or classism or sexism or even, but the thing is, even if you hate the power structure, even if you hate the really people that are given over to evil, you absorb the frequency of hate and it holds you at the lowest levels of power. And just like the emperor wanted Luke to hate Darth Vader, it was in a way the same reason. They don't have to worry about us be discovering ourselves if we hate anybody, justified or not. And it's always justified. And that's just irrelevant distraction. But if we become aware of what we really are, not changing what we memorize to believe, but I mean like really connect to it, 
I think that resonance that we talked about would affect the bad guys, and they they should welcome it, but they're so attached to being evil that they think it's a threat. And I think they're giving us a clue when they shut down music of what we need to do, because music's only the outer reflection of a state of consciousness, right? If we If we brought that back into harmony, I think we'd start just discovering internal things on the way to opening up that power and it would revolutionize this place yeah 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 we need we need the, the this is the other thing a lot of people say that, that like these kind of you know these dark entities and stuff they have no creativity and they just feed off of ours and you know that that's that's right. that's, that's something that's happening for sure why would you, you need know? to possess somebody if you had it yourself well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we see mobs in the streets going completely insane in our country, and probably you've seen it too. And they think yeah. that they're fighting for justice if they burn down cities. I mean, that's an advanced form of insanity. And oh, yeah. um, a, a lot of them fighting for justice for a certain race aren't even of the right race, and they wear black suits so that maybe you won't notice that. And they think they're fighting fascism and all this stuff, and they, they're so misled and confused and out of touch with themselves. And in our, we look for clues of why are there... I mean, yeah, they're paid. There are certain individuals that are paying these guys like two or $300 a day to go beat up uh, people in wheelchairs and attack women and children and for the sake of, of justice and fairness and everything. And... Why would people ever, why would anybody ever accept money to do that? And it's, it's this disconnection, you know, with, with who they actually are. And you wonder, well, how did that happen? And we've had guests on the show talking about weaponized frequencies. Since I, I think frequency is both the weapon and the potential remedy. And the negative frequencies have been, in fact, people from your country in particular, Barry Troer and Mark Steele and others that know a lot about uh, not just 5G, which everybody's hearing about now, but the ones that preceded it. In World War II, they had already weaponized frequencies to make people go insane, commit murder, commit suicide, change their whole belief system, whatever, and it was all quiet and imperceptible. But the, pr the frustration that they had is that's one person at a time that they can make go crazy with frequencies. They needed to do it with whole cities. And we had a whistleblower come out a few years ago that has now been disappeared. And he was saying, yeah, I'm, I've been working at this company that made believe it was called, I think it was a private security company. But what we were really working on right before they got rid of him is he explained we're taking this technology of affecting somebody's emotions so that they could, would do anything we want them to do because emotions are stronger than intellect every time and they dominate it. They make the decision. And we've been working on doing this to millions of people at once with a, sing, a single generator source and it's succeeding. And I think they're using it. And one of the things that um, it's doing... There's real possession happening, I know, because I've run into it. And one of the things that opens that up is either misuse of drugs or a few other things or these frequencies which can break down the natural protective field that everybody has around them. 
And then you do get a situation where it's not the person anymore. But I don't think that's irrevocable. You know, we just see it happening a lot. And I don't know if you see the same thing in in England or in, in Europe, but I suspect so. Yeah, I see lots of lots of people changing and acting in ways that they never would have done before. Massive division. Um, it's extraordinary, particularly Brexit, that just separated families, friendship groups, people acting in ways that, you know, people I know, people I was friends with for years, played with in bands with, that I'm looking at, I'm going, what, what on earth happened to you? Like, people are not the same. It is. It, yeah. it does. It does feel like something's happened to, to kind of take people out of their, out of their mind, basically. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not just a divergence of opinions. It's a program of real animosity. It's oh like, yeah, I'd go so far as to say hatred. They don't people. just disagree yeah. with you; they hate you and want you dead. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It is extraordinary, um, and and that's you know. Yeah, since since 2016, we've watched that just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, same thing here. So, again, the three moves in the chess puzzle. We just need to turn that around. And I think, Amen. I think we're carrying the power to do it. Real music. Oh, yeah, I, I think we chose. Die. I think I think you know we chose to be here in this. So let's get on with it. I totally agree. You know, and and people can get easily and understandably into the mentality why did i get sent to this world and in the middle of you know because if you look at it realistically all this beauty in the world having to watch it be destroyed over and over and over again is a kind of a hell in itself to me i mean in a way it would be easier if there was nothing but flames and evil here but there's so much incredible beauty having to watch it get destroyed i doesn't seem like my idea of a good vacation destination. No, but we chose it for a reason. We chose it, and I think we chose it confident that we could actually heal the situation. So there was something that we remembered then that maybe we're out of touch with now that we need to get back to. Yeah, otherwise we wouldn't have offered. We must have thought we could do something. Yeah. Well, I guess as as kind of a bottom line, what I would ask you is from all your experience in music and sports and uh, all the things that you've done and, and gained wisdom from um, the people that are discouraged and seeing all this stuff going on around them or feeling like it's their, they just have to fight and it, it's a hopeless battle and just be as brave as they can. Where do they find a vision of... Uh, a better outcome that's still possible. And it doesn't have to be a two-second answer, whatever you feel about that. For me personally, I just look at my daughter, and that's, that's enough. Um, there's so much magic there. And, it, you know, and there's, like you said, there's so much magic in this world. There's so much incredible stuff in this world. Like where I live in the peaks in, in, in Derbyshire, like just going out into the peaks and just standing and looking around, it's like, wow, you know, the, yeah. we've, got, we've got so much to fight for, you know. And I, and I always think that, you know, if you've got so much to fight for, you, you, you know, you, you've, you've, won, you've won the battle, really. Um, because there's, you know, there's so much. It could, it could be amazing. Yeah. Everything could, could be so incredible. Yeah. And, um, and so for me, I just, you know, I think if I was maybe like a single guy, 
you know, probably, you know, whatever, you know, I've, I'm uh, old enough and ugly enough to have seen stuff and whatever. I'll just go and move to the Highlands and let people get on with it. But I, um, yeah, I just look at my little and I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Right. You're, you know, you, we, yeah, I'm probably not articulating that well, if I'm honest. No, but. I think it's perfect. And, and you can realize with that, all of these other families and, and kids that are all over the world, each one of them is as infinitely important as people that we know. Exactly. Exactly. And um, the, the world could be so amazing. It could be incredible. You know, if people, like you said, remembered who they were, and, you know, we all remembered that we're all brothers and sisters. and Right. It could be great. Yeah, it's on a really deep level that we're connected. And these costumes that we're in at the moment, they call physical bodies, I think they call them. The person inside that costume is uh, is made of the same thing. I oh, exactly. We ever exactly. realized that, we'd feel something different. Well, yeah, because then you could never be alone because you're not. No. Because we're all part of the same thing. We're all, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. I agree completely. So when you take that kind of vision and translate it into ideas of the times coming up, what, do you try to have plans for it? And do you have plans in your mind for what you want to do next? Or do you, are you just kind of reacting to the present as it happens? Um kind of in a bit of a reactionary mode at the minute um although i think i'm kind of got to the point now where i'm gonna have to sort of just take the lead on it um but yeah but yeah everything's changing so quickly i don't know if it's the same there but here it's day to day um which is very very strange so my daughter's not a nursery anymore so that's you know She's not a nursery because I went on a protest, so the nursery weren't happy oh. about her being there. And um, that's fine, whatever. That's um, interesting. Yeah, because I was, you know, obviously at so a protest. So the people in the school noticed that you were in some kind of a protest that they didn't like? It was more a case of I was at a protest, so there was lots of people there, so there obviously wasn't social distancing, so therefore oh, okay. my, you know, so my you daughter... So you became dangerous. Basically. Yeah, very, very dangerous, yeah. It's funny because I've been to... God knows how many protests over the last few months and I've never once even got a runny nose. So I must just be around one of those asymptomatic, around 45,000 yeah. asymptomatic people the whole time. You just they, don't realize how, how sick you are at the moment. I think that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just reactionary at the minute, but I think it might come to a point. I've got a few friends that have, that have invested in some land and, you know, if it gets to a point where we have to start again in our own communities, then I'm fine with that. That sounds nice, actually. I think so, and I'd rather Alora was, you know, digging up carrots than yes. digging, up, digging up carrots on an iPad app. Um, absolutely. You know, the people that invented these technologies don't let their own kids play with it. No, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the madness of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and it'd be nice to be out somewhere out of the city where you're not immersed in Wi-Fi and all this exactly great technology. Exactly, I'm I'm out in the sticks a little bit, but even now, like if I if I put on a device in my house, it picks up like twelve Wi-Fis, and I yeah, live in a village. Yeah. So wow, you know. yeah, and that's not even the city. No, exactly. How far away is the land that you're looking at? 
Um, I've got some friends down south, and then I've got some friends far, far north, right up towards the Scottish borders, uh-huh. um, that have invested in some land and just said, you know, if if it comes to it, then off we You're go. You're invited, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. You know, I can dig a hole. That doesn't sound so bad. No, I'm I'm all for it. I I, I think actually, you know. It's a, it'd be quite a nice way of living, really. Sat around the campfire playing guitar of an evening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Music yeah. will be there. Exactly. There's, 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 worse, um, there's worse visions of the future than that. Yes. Well, for the moment, while we still have internet functioning, um, people want to stay in touch with what you're doing and uh, look at videos you might make or music or things like that. How do they do that? Um, if you're on Twitter, it's just Twitter and then at Gareth Ike. Um, I, I tend to just be on there all the time, but I've got a website, which is just garethike.com. And anytime okay. I, I make new tunes or, or interviews or, or whatever, then I'll, I'll stick them on there. Have you got music on there that people can listen to? That yeah, yeah, plenty of music. And, and my YouTube channel, which again is just Gareth Ike, it's, um, you know, like some people try and have their brand. Like, I can't be bothered with that. So if I write a new song, I'll just sit with the acoustic and just play it, you know, and just go, yeah, this is a new song. Just written it 20 minutes ago. Oh. Um, so there's loads and loads of songs on there that I've just sort of come up with in my, you know, lockdown state. Yeah. Okay. So because you mentioned that, I have to ask you another last question. Um, the the act of writing music, I think that's incredible. And, and it's actually creation of a new frequency that can help heal people and how i mean i'm going to ask this in a real simple way what makes you in an individual case feel like writing a song and how do you do it i don't know actually i just i just kind of i'm I'm a strange one like i can go i can actually go two weeks without picking up a guitar which will sound weird to musicians they were like what do you mean but i can if i'm not in that zone then that's fine and then there'll be other times where I can just pick it up and write three songs in a couple of days. And then, and that's just, so it's whenever I feel comfortable. Um, but obviously I don't have a linear schedule or, or a songwriting contract to keep to. So I suppose I'm quite easy. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I just start playing, just start playing guitar. We'll just feel like a little sort of riff or melody come along and then I'll just start singing and whatever comes out, comes out. So you do the melody and the lyrics at the same time together? Yeah, I just start singing. And so what comes out of me comes out of me, basically. And then you have to remem- remember what it was, right? Yeah, then I have to re- yeah, that's, that's the hardest bit of it. Yeah, so then I'll just like just do a, a real quick recording so I don't forget stuff. Right. And then I tend to just play it over and again. And then the repetition then gets it in my head and that's it. I'm, I'm away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure people will want to listen in and see what you're doing. So you can do that on your website. Yeah, yeah, and and when I put the videos up, I tend to explain, you know, where the song came from. Good. You know, so if, if people are interested in that. Okay. Well, it's exciting, and I think these are the little bits that turn things around and start healing the whole place. I sincerely hope so. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for being here, and hold on, and we'll say goodbye in the break here. Magic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, you guys, there goes Gareth Ike, and that was really a fun conversation, I thought, and a real treat to get him to come on the show. Thank you, Gareth, and um, we talked about a lot of important stuff, and I really had the feeling, you know, all through it, that music is hiding some huge potential for healing the situation in the world right now, and that um, 
discussions and debates couldn't even get close to, not meaning that we have to stop the physical attempts to do things like, you know, the the big uh, events are happening in the UK and some starting in other countries, Germany and the US and places like that. I think those are so, so, still essential and really great, but the feeling behind them which music represents is really their potential and to bring people together and transcend differences in philosophy or politics or things like that. And as Gareth said, he's not aligned with one particular political position. He's just um, a person who wants to promote life and freedom and music and harmony and things like that. And I think we, we need more people to wake up to that realization that there there's really one central issue and if that comes back then all these other ones fall away so very grateful that we got to talk to gareth and hopefully he'll be back um i wanted to mention and doug reminded me too at the end of this uh broadcast just in a minute here we're going to have one of gareth's songs called uh what's love without meaning and he just gave us permission to play that for you and other ones that we'll have on the music for lost arts radio so if you want to see more of those remember to go to gareth's site garethike.com g-a-r-e-t-h-i-c-k-e.com and he's got a youtube channel which is under gareth ike and i uh, wants everybody to enjoy the music so it's there for you to listen to whenever you want and uh i i just thought his whole presentation was very refreshing and things are not necessarily as dark as they look and our our future could be incredible and my feeling still is that it's not these unusual amazing people that are the key it's you and the best message of the amazing people is that this is nothing compared to what you actually are inside our whole work is to contact that, let it out, become that. Like Gandhi said, be the change you know that you want to see in the world, but not on an intellectual level. It's on an experience level. And let that into your everyday reality. That's our priority and our work to do. So I hope that you'll join all of us in doing that. I know you will. And um, if you want to keep us on the air, those of you who have resources, you're welcome to support us. We have donate buttons at lostartsradio.com and lostartsresearchinstitute.org. We have projects on hold for lack of funding, so if you want to help with that, feel free to do it. It's greatly appreciated. Um, and subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio is still there. We're up on all the major platforms, but you can subscribe on uh, dot com slash channel slash lostartsradio. That one's not censoring uh mike is really committed to keeping that free for uh open communication and it needs to be supported just by using it to watch videos and there's a lot of good stuff there and uh remember that we have our saturday show lost arts radio live at 4 30 pacific 7 30 eastern every week usually related to current events it's, this coming saturday would be no exception so i'd like to see you there and that's live and then we've got Planetary Healing Club meeting right after that for people that would like to get into the deeper levels that we can talk about with no censorship in a um, non-censoring, mutually supportive group, live, interactive environment. We're all there every week, so you're welcome to join us. And that can be accessed through planetaryhealingclub.com. Uh, 
If you have questions about it, just uh, communicate with us, let us know, or suggestions for shows, or uh, questions about anything, really, um, that you want to talk about, or let us know a point of view. Richard at WildStartsRadio.com works as email, and uh, we'd like to hear from you anytime. I think that's about it. Thanks for coming and meeting Gareth with us. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, take good care of yourself because you're really the light in the future and the hope for the world. You really are you personally, not you generically. I mean you as an individual person. Dig into that and see what's inside. It's incredible, and it's what you really are. So take care of yourself, and uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on two YouTube channels, Facebook Live, Periscope, which is Twitter, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com slash live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channels at Lost Arts Radio and at Diamond Disc. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. 
Visit brideon.com slash channel slash lostartsradio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.